so much for joining us today uh, on another episode of the Ruby Hour. I have the amazing Lauren Fury with me. Um, she is one of the most badass chefs that I have met in Charleston. Um, doer of all the things, lover of all the culinary arts, and my favorite thing about her is she describes what she does as culinary experiences so much more than cooking. Um, Lauren, how the heck did you get started with what you do? Well, Shelby, thank you so much for having me here. This is like so fun. What an amazing setup as well. Um, so, what do I love? Yes. <laughs> yes. What do you, how do you get into what you do? Okay. Where? What do you do? Who do you like? What's your sweet spot of all the ways that you cook and create? Who do you like to cook and create for? So, who do I love to cook and create for? Anyone that's hungry for not only a meal, but an experience to remember, like beyond the meal. And so cooking is like we cook in the kitchen every night and a lot of people cook like in their homes, right? It's a it's a daily task. And I'd like to I try to elevate that for whoever I'm cooking for. So to give them an experience that is fun and interactive. What does interactive mean? So it could go in a few ways. Maybe we'll do a cooking class, or maybe you just wanna have a dinner party, but you wanna see how to make one of the appetizers. So it could be hands-on, demo style, or if you just wanted to sit back and relax, have a cocktail, eat your food, I'll do all the cooking and we'll explain to you where the ingredients are from and there's so many farmers around here, and I really feel like that they're the ones that are making the culinary experience an experience. Mm. It's a story to tell. Mm, I love that. <laughs> it's like the players, the characters are the ingredients, and their nuances are where they were developed and grown. Oh, are you from Charleston originally? No, I'm from Philadelphia. Okay. So, love Philadelphia. Very cold up there. <laughs> and wow, when I was graduating high school, I'm like, where are the waves? Where's the sunshine? <laughs> and so that's what brought me here. Mm -hmm. I typed in the Google search box and I said, best colleges that have waves. And Folly Beach, it's not like Pipeline or anything. Yeah, no. <laughs> um, came down here and got on the surfboard and met a lot of nice people and tasty food. And it sold me in the second I like stepped off the plane, basically. <laughs> that okay. y'all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you sport the y'alls? Are you a y'all sayer? I, I feel like I have no option. I know. I know. Are you a y'all sayer? Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm from Texas, so we have our That's own right, little y'all. Yeah. Um, so what kind of boards do you ride in surfing? So in surfing, I ride a 7'6" like medium board it's not like a long board and then i have a skateboard which is like a carver and it rides like a surfboard okay yes that sounds cool Do you um surf? i am a baby surfer okay um, i 
I was in the process of graduating from my foam board um, <laughs> onto a green monster board that I couldn't quite crack the code with it. I don't know. My, my four sessions on it consisted mostly of me just face planting and eating crap every time I would fall off of it. So, um, so I'm, I'm a baby foam board rider at this point in my so. surfing experience. Um, yeah. <laughs> You'll have to try the seven, six. It's okay. like a step up, but yeah, it's like lightweight. Okay. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, did you surf in Philadelphia? Where, how did you learn how to surf? Yeah. So about two hours where, I grew up outside of Philadelphia is the Jersey Shore. Okay. And my aunt had this foam board and I always thought it was like the coolest thing ever. It had cobwebs all over it. I'm like, why aren't you taking this out? And so every day, like I would be sitting in class and I would check like the wave forecast in New Jersey. (laughs) No car to to get there. So I would look up like the bus schedule. (laughs) Oh my gosh, you're determined. Yeah. And so I never ended up um, taking a bus there or anything. So I waited till the summertime and just dreamt about it all winter long. And it was well worth the wait mm. for sure. That's so cool. Got a couple surf lessons and yeah. uh, learned after I did cry the first lesson. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> I was like, there's no way. Like, there's no way, you know? Mm. But uh, it happened, and I was like, "All right, like it's possible." And here you are, yeah, surfing, <laughs> surfing dream. Um, yeah. Before we were recording, we were talking shop about some movies. Um, yes. What are some of your favorite movies that come to mind? There's probably a million, but <laughs> the ones in this moment that are fresh on your mind. So Blue Crush for sure. Okay. Three girls like headed to Hawaii. Yeah. Or they were living in Hawaii. Okay. And they ate bologna sandwiches for lunch. Mm. But yet they looked phenom. Yeah. They were pro surfers. The bologna sandwiches are part of the pro surfer diet, apparently. Oh yeah. Be oh yeah. Total boss babe. Yeah. <laughs> and here in Charleston they have like film festivals and I enjoyed going to some of those, um, the Italian Film Festival, like last year. Yeah. Pre-COVID. Ah, yes. (laughs) That old life we all used to live. Yes. Um, Yeah, so what's your family heritage? So I am half Italian, and then my, that's my mom. Okay. My dad is Irish. Okay. So he's, yeah, he's in Philadelphia. Okay. My mom's down here. And my Nana is from Sicily. I'm sorry, her mom was from Sicily. Okay. And then they moved to Philadelphia to start a hair salon um, years ago. And some guy just messaged me the other day and he was like, hey, I'm working um, in this this, activewear clothing store in Philadelphia now. And I know that you used to come in here all the time. Um, we just found your your great grandfather's um, <laughs> blow dryers. What? Yeah. Oh my gosh! Like old school hair blow dryers. Yes. <gasps> and like neon signs. What? I'm like, how can I get these? Yes. I'm like, or y'all keep them there. Like, just that is so cool. Wow. Where do they find them? In the basement. Uh. Yeah. 
So I'm going to try your oat milk latte. Thank yes. you. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Um, yeah, it's absolutely nothing mm. crazy. It's so tasty. Um, Yum. Well done, chef. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, okay. So family uh, heritage, did that influence um, your perspective with food? Like, when did food come on the radar for you? So, oh, man. I have to say... My mom does not believe she's a great cook, chef, whatever you'd like to call it. And I think her food is amazing. Mm. Um, always was like pretty healthy. And she used to sit me on the kitchen counter like while she cooked. And I can very clearly remember the day I put my hands on the electric stovetop while it was on. Oh, gosh. Oh. <laughs> and I'm like, dang, like, what else can you create on the stove? So, yeah. Flesh. <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was bad. Okay. But right. she's like, I told you not to. Yeah. You learned the repercussions of, like, don't do that. And then yeah. what that means. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Oh, yeah. All right. So just being around cooking and what was it? Is there a particular I know there's so many different styles of cooking and different loves. Some people love to bake. Some people love, you know, working with meats. Do you have a sweet spot that really lights your soul up? Yeah. What a great question. I love to cook food that has a lot of fresh citrus and herbs, like good olive oil. Mm. So whether that be like sprinkled in a dip or on some vegetables, I like um, elevating already great, amazing ingredients with simple ingredients. Um, And seafood here in Charleston is definitely my favorite thing to cook Mm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. i think there's so many people in our town that love to eat the good seafood (laughs) are you one of them oh yeah oh amazing oh my gosh yes um i saw um i think i saw something of your personal artifacts that you have a sea clouds sticker (laughs) i was like okay girl i see your favorite oysters oh they're so tasty oh that's so cool um (laughs) So, what has been your culinary trajectory? Like, um, you know, just your origin story of when were you like, I want to pursue this, I want to um, really pursue the art of cooking? So, back in high school, I met this amazing chef named Carlo DeMarco, and he is very Italian. He danced around his restaurant kitchen in a beanie, with like the brightest personality Mm. and to this day being i don't know how many years later it's over seven we talk weekly oh and um i can't thank carla enough because i walked into that restaurant um through the back door he told me to come in and meet him and i was in like sandals and and shorts and we had a meeting had lunch on the patio and he's like so what do you why are you here today? Like, why are we having lunch? And I told him, like, I love to feed people. And your food in this restaurant is insanely good. Um, And so he said, come on in. And I did an internship with him for a year or two. It eventually turned into um, a more of a consistent job. 
and he really believed in me from the start, which meant the world to me. And so little things that he did that he does every day, but I didn't know that chefs did these things, like making prep lists, um, keeping a clean workspace, and always like having a big cup of like coffee nearby and like a, a cup of water. Like I, um, these little things, I still do to this day because he taught me them without even really teaching me them on purpose. Mm. Um, yeah. So Carlo really sparked that flame of my love of cooking and moving around fearlessly in the kitchen because that's what he did. What does that mean, to move around fearlessly in the kitchen? So he had a plan. He had his prep list and he came prepared. And everything he made, he knew. Like he had set timers and since he did all of the work that he needed to do, he was able to be confident in the way he moved and delegated tasks. And um, he always wiped the edge of his plates down, which I think says a lot about mm. people. Mm. So, Carlo, I love you. <laughs> Shout out to Carlo. Shout out to Carlo. I think that there's something so special, and I've even in my uh you know just personal trade of filmmaking at the yes. beginning of this year i reached out uh to a handful of filmmakers here locally that i really respect i love their work and seen them from afar um i think the the power of having a real mentor that you get to work with day in day out or just for even a brief chapter of life um, that stands out to me when you're describing the way that Carlo had his coffee and the water and just these little subtleties that it's always it's almost part of the 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 melody of the way he the music that he plays with his hands and mind I I think that I think it's a lost art mentorship in our generation in a way and that's so interesting like you say that because I've been thinking about that recently and how mentors have played such like a critical role to me and I wish more people like had them hmm. and I feel so grateful to even say that I had even one mentor ever hmm and yet, so maybe this is a good thing that you clearly have experience with, is how did you seek out that mentorship? So how did I seek out that mentorship? With Carlo in particular, someone very sweet, one of my past um, sports coaches in Philadelphia was friends with him, and he connected me with, with Carlo um, for this internship. And so that was one thing. And then I had some other mentors. So for example, um, on like the business side of things, when I was studying at the College of Charleston, I was in an um, entrepreneurship class my freshman year. And there was an entrepreneur in residence, which was like not the teacher, 
but someone that came into every class to help out and give advice. Because I'm like, I don't know, like I'm here to learn, like I, I don't know anything about any of this. And he um, said to me, he's like, yeah, if you ever want to set it to the class, like if you ever want to get a cup of coffee, like let me know. And so I emailed him like right after class and I'm like, you're, you've been so helpful just in this class and like I would love to get to know you more as a person and what you've done in your career. And I think just reaching out to people and like taking that step with like an email or even better, a handwritten note hmm. is good. How did you learn? Um, it sounds like you have a, a very outgoing tenaciousness about your personality. Where where did that come from? Oh, that's a good one. Hmm. I don't know. I think it's a whole lot of like life experiences in one. I've learned through different things that you no one can you don't need to take no f- no not you don't need to take no for an answer it's really like anything can be possible i know it sounds cheesy but if you have like grit which some people define as like determination for goals in the long run like living life like a marathon and having like confidence in the process the whole way like even if it's hard i think that's kind of build its way into my personality mm. and you are too you're very outgoing and tenacious mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah I know I think that was something whenever I um first met with you mm-hmm. and you know I mean we have a mutual friend that connected us yes. and you know just starting to uh shout out to Betsy Betsy love Betsy. you um, <laughs> like, um yeah just it's always it really catches my eye to see Um, people in our generation and even um, yeah that are go-getters versus just expecting to follow a certain trajectory Um, you know and any all of my close friend group all know this is something I riff about all the time but it's like yeah it is that trailblazing like hey I'm gonna go into I'm gonna carve my own path of who are the people I want to learn from or rub shoulders with um that's really been on my mind a lot as well do you have any other who are any other people in your culinary journey or just making you contributing to you being the person you are today who's been another person like that in your life oh definitely and gosh i don't want to leave anyone out but of course Natalie Dupree Mm -hmm. she's she's 81 and she just moved to Raleigh after living in Charleston for 20 years or so and when I came to Charleston I didn't know too many people in the culinary community and I wasn't aware of how close-knit it was until I stepped foot in it. And the person that helped me uh, step foot in it is definitely Natalie. And for people who aren't in the food scene, yes. who is Natalie? Oh, yes. Yeah. Paint, tell a little bit about who's Natalie Dupree. So Natalie Dupree, she is 
a cookbook author. She's a cooking show host. She is a mentor. And she has won numerous James Beard Awards, which in the culinary community is is a, a very large, meaningful like award. She is um she has written so many cookbooks and she is the first woman since Julia Child to have um, over a certain amount of shows on Food Network and um, other stations as well. So she's had a crazy career mm. and have, she's connected so many people. Mm. And the best part about her, it's hard to like pick one, but she has done such a tremendous amount in her career and for other people in building this Charleston food and beverage community, you wouldn't really know when you just meet her because she's just very funny and she doesn't have a, I don't know, she doesn't act like she's like better than anyone else or anything like that. Hmm. Very um, like graceful and elegant and like humble. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And funny. Oh my gosh. She says sex in every photo. What? <laughs> instead of <laughs> instead of cheese. Like yeah. if you say like sex. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I have a mentor that she's taught she said um to say play because it oh opens my your mouth wider. But sex. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. I might have to direct people at weddings like that. All right, yeah. sex on three, folks. Yeah. Oh That's so great. That's amazing. And what about you? Mentors? Yes, mentors. Ooh. Going into the dungeons of my <laughs> yeah. mind. Um, the first the first mentor that comes to mind for me, thank you for asking that. Yeah. Um, I would say uh, I have a mentor that's in Austin, Texas, that I met him whenever I was modeling. I was just getting into being in front of the camera and... Um, it was a really challenging chapter in my life, if I'm honest. Um, and I was in a bit of a hustling uh, dynamic in my life to be able to put food on the table. And sure. um, but I had met him from the photographer, you know, just the I mean, Austin, Texas doesn't have a crazy fashion scene. Um, but I had crossed paths with him. We'd been working together and um, there was a moment, and this is kind of cool to tie it into the whole go-getter mentality. Um, the scope of the agreement, if we were going to come together and do a half-day shoot, maybe it was four hours, it would, some of our shoots with hair and makeup would end up being closer to six or seven hours. And that uh, had repercussions in my personal life where I would come home and my husband at the time was really frustrated that, you know, I thought that you were going to be home by this time, like... You know, uh, it just created some discourse in my personal world. So I brought it up with um, my photographer friend and was like, hey, like, um, this really doesn't uh, work for me. The, the agreement that we have set up, the time has shifted and um, yeah, we need to shift this up. And I spoke up about it and I think that a lot of um, models wouldn't have said something or called out like oh we need to tweak this and he was like absolutely thank you for bringing that to my attention um i let's shift it to an hourly rate and i'd like to increase that 
like he immediately responded with affirming like thanks for communicating what you need um and you know let's make this an even better arrangement um so i had started working with him and it's my speculation um he doesn't share a lot of he's a more private person so he's not like i can be an open book at times but I think that it was perhaps that moment when I spoke up and was assertive that he saw a little glimmer of like, hey, like who is this 20 year old woman that is over here lining out the scope of agreement and redefining and making sure that things are, you know, she's running a tight ship with our working arrangement. And so when I was going through, you know, divorcing my husband at the time, um, he was somebody that came back into my life and was a really big influence on me. And um, I was on my way shifting from uh, being a first mate on sailboats into taking on a private chef position on um, term charter boats. And Uh, And I was pumped to go back down to the Caribbean and like frolic around in a bikini and like cook for people. And he told me, you know, Shelby, you're going to have such a good time with this chapter of your life, running around, live it up. But your number one asset is your mind. So you might be enjoying these certain perks of uh, being a lovely, beautiful young woman and, you know, celebrating your body some of the more like carnal sides of my life um but he was like you're the thing that you need to always always put at the forefront is your mind so he was like always be thinking of ways to what can you do with that because that is the most attractive most powerful thing that you'll have with you in this lifetime and you know i was like oh my gosh like yes that's perfectly i know i know um but that never, it, it left an impression. And this, the context of, I had met him from a very physical job of doing modeling and being appreciated for an external beauty appearance and him being like, never neglect your mind. Um, so he's somebody, I mean, that was over 10 years ago and we still keep in touch and always, you know, he's somebody that, uh, He's given me a lot of opportunities and a lot of life experience too, um, through the years and uh, not, you know, we don't, I don't model in, that's not my world anymore other than for fun. Um, But that was an experience that changed my life is having somebody that so believed in me on that level of not just like, yeah, go for it, but was like, look, I know you're gonna have a good time in this chapter, but you should always be investing in um, in that head that's on your shoulders. It sounds like he saw a whole lot in you. Oh, he did, he did, yeah. Thank you for sharing all that. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. Yes. Um, so, hmm. all right, with, food if there was a vegetable (laughs) that you identify with or is like your spirit animal of a vegetable that you identify with what would that vegetable be broccolini (gasps) of course so quick what (laughs) tell me why i love how it 
is like so tender and like pretty. Like it's <laughs> accurate so far. Accurate so far. Um, I don't know. It's it's cool because like you eat the stalk too, and it's like you can just throw it in the oven with like parmesan and lemon and let it like do its thing in the oven and it's mm. so <laughs> it sounds so good i'm like parmesan and lemon yes please <laughs> it gets like charred and it's mm. just so tasty mm. what about you oh i think an eggplant that's the first thing that yeah. comes to mind um one of my girlfriends she she's reading through um i'm probably gonna butcher how to pronounce his name but i think it's like otto Lange. yeah you got um, it so he uh she's working through one of his recipes that is i think it's a steamed eggplant dish and i've recently saw it while we were drinking tequila together and i was like <laughs> that that's the state on my mind there's like sesame uh sesame oil with it and um i just appreciate a lot of like otto Lange's style of cuisine but mm. i think an eggplant you know eggplants like yeah sometimes they they might like mess up my sinuses a little the whole nightshade thing like yeah but also they are the texture and there's such a an array of different types of eggplant uh you know there's the emoji eggplant that is True. your standard eggplant <laughs> but i mean there's just i think eggplant is cool and also for the record um the fruit that I identify with right now is egg fruit. Have you ever had this? No. Oh. Egg fruit. Lauren, I am about to blow your mind. Um, so it looks like a giant egg yolk. Okay. And it's kind of this bulbous, like, round, bright yellow fruit, like an egg yolk. And you can open it up, and it, I swear, it has the consistency of a cheesecake. <laughs> it's really mellow. It's really mild. A cheesecake. Yes. There's um, one of my girlfriends, Jasmine. Hey, girl. Hey. Um, <laughs> she uh, gets these exotic. It's called Miami Fruit or Miami Fruit Boxes. I'll have to put it in the show notes. But it's this <laughs> awesome farm that's around Miami. And they have all these really unique, um, like, you can get full cacao pods not just roasted raw where they still have the like slimy structure and you know you literally get the entire pod no Um, way yeah she gave me she gave me half of her cacao pod the other day and i ate like half apparently if you eat too much of it it's hallucinogenic (laughs) before it's roasted um but i was like popping on the video editing and it's like the new tide fairies yeah it's the new tide pod pretty much cacao pods um yeah the cacao pod challenge um but uh yeah but the egg fruit is um a really unique fruit and yeah that miami fruit boxes you can get all these crazy there's they're called um caviar limes have you ever heard of this no they look like i don't know if how uh crystal clear your memory is from watching a little mermaid but there's a scene where ursula is like (laughs) squeezing like little i think they're like coral and she puts the lipstick on (laughs) she squeezes them you can do that with these limes the caviar limes and they're they look like little tiny pieces of caviar but they're just this the cell structure essentially of the um the lime 
pieces. Like wow. The, yeah. That sounds like really You're going to wig out. You're going to freak out. <laughs> it's really cool. So anyway. Um, I drive down to Miami just to get some of those. Yes. Those egg yolks. Well, the, they can, the uh, they, will, they will send them to you. Um, so you don't have to drive unless you just really want to go on a fun road trip, which I would totally go to Miami just to go to their amazing farm. I think they're like two amazing, uh, they're like vegans or really plant-based. Like Ooh. I think it's two women or it's a you know total micro farm and they have really crazy crazy. uh, fruits um, fruit trees that are growing Um, what would be a fruit that you would identify with the equivalent of your vegetable soul uh, (laughs) plant Um, probably watermelon Mm. so watermelon with like salt or just watermelon with a spoon like in the half is great okay um Seeds or no seeds? Um, every time they call it seedless, I'm like, y'all, there's still seeds in here. There are seeds. So I guess, like, seeds are totally fine. Okay. With seeds, um, let's see. What color of a... There's so many different watermelons. Are you a yellow watermelon kind of girl? Are you, like, a deep red? Like, what kind of... Whatever it is, as long as it's not, like, bland. Yeah. Like, when it's, um... Or too ripe, they get, like... Gross. Yeah, kind of that mealy. <laughs> yeah, Ugh. I was gonna say mealy, but I'm like, that's probably that's like, it's like a curse word. Mealy and <laughs> mealy. Like, have you met that girl? Oh, she's mealy. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh my god. Or you can put tequila, like soaked watermelon. <gasps> oh, that's pretty good. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yes. Um, I love that. Um, so I want to know more around. The skateboarding. Oh, the board, oh the board sports. <laughs> like, where did that come from in your life? Did you live on a hill? Yeah. You, okay. Yeah. What's your origin story with board sports? That's unusual. So back in the day, like I think I don't know how old I was, but I used to like <laughs> get like a backboards baseball hat. Shocker. And um. <laughs> seeing it i'm seeing it and like i took a um old there's a surf shop in jersey called surfer supplies another shocker um and i like cut the sleeves off so i used to like put that on and i had this skateboard with a huge panda on it it's like i i used to like love pandas back in the day like it was my like childhood animal like favorite animal (laughs) yeah (laughs) so i would uh we did live on a hill and I would take this skateboard out after watching Blue Crush, probably, definitely, after watching that, <laughs> and see, like, how far I could go before, like, the speed wobbles. <gasps> you know about those? Uh, I the just know when it's really terrifying and yes. you have to eat crap <laughs> and pass out and eat the curve. Yeah. Yes. And so each day, like, I would go, like, a little further until one day I got the whole hill. Okay. So, and then I did a half pipe once, and... Mm, that didn't go too well. No, what and happened? It fell on my back. Oh! And it was like a whole, whole thing. <gasps> did you cry? I did not cry. Oh. Well, I just like, it was lunchtime, and I'm like, this is the perfect excuse to like put the skateboard down. Yeah. Get out of this half pipe. Yeah. Have you had a time at boarding yet? Or? Um, I, we, my neighbors across the street, we would take skateboards and like push each other down the driveway and it was more of like a bobsledding 
on a <laughs> skateboard setup. Wow, uh, a lot of official. like fingers going underneath the board, just trying to hold on, but also being very close to the wheels. Yeah. Uh, oh, I did. Okay, this is kind of my jam. This makes me want to go get a, a, a skateboard so I can just do this, <laughs> where you lay on your belly like an emperor penguin, <laughs> yeah. and you just push yourself around. That's a favorite <laughs> skateboarding pastime. It's um, hilarious. Yeah. We had a hill. Okay. By my house. Um, it was a fine hill. There was a hill on both sides, actually. Oh, wow. All the um, hills. Yeah, so we had, we had options. The <laughs> one was way more dangerous. There was a car coming. It was very aggressive. Um, but mm. my dad made uh, kind of a sledding slot. I don't, I don't even know what the right term is for it. But he made this cool body shape, and you, like, sit on it, and then it had, like, handles. Are to, you serious? Yeah, try How to, like, fun. carve down the hill he made it he did that's amazing he welded stuff together for it wow that's how intense it was um very crafty yeah super crafty he helped me with a lot of my um the, our quest our uh gifted and talented program that i was a part of we had to do like a levers you know one of those uh you know demonstrate what a lever is and a pulley system and, and like you know, use a, a fulcrum, like some of those things. And I'll never forget that my dad helped me make a guinea pig food measuring device. So we had, there was a lever arm that was three boards stacked on top of one another. The first layer was the right portion of guinea pig food. And then you had to slide it across the middle board. So it's just moving it along using the axis or the fulcrum or whatever <laughs> part of the system and then it would drop and you put it over the guinea pig food bowl but it had wheels and that was a big deal it had to have wheels so you could maneuver it over the guinea pig you have this down are you like food bowl? a low-key like phys physicist <laughs> yeah definitely not <laughs> definitely not but uh that you know how some people are like oh my parents did all of my projects for me yeah. school projects that was the one thing i was like i did barely anything <laughs> on my guinea pig feeding fulcrum axis lever wow. project uh but it was pretty cool was it like the coolest in the class i think so <laughs> i don't remember anybody else's because mine was the best so yeah um all right are you left-handed or right-handed i'm left-handed okay yes um, and you are i'm left-handed okay lefties unite uh <laughs> Let's see. What about music? Like, when you're cooking, do you listen to music? Like, what's your... You use that term to move fearlessly around the kitchen. Do you feel like you embody that when you cook? Oh, like when I'm just at home cooking? Yeah. Um, yes. So, with the music part, um, at dinner parties, I don't ever, like pick the music yeah. if they want to like sometimes I have, like the speaker but if I'm like at home oh it depends on the day I went into like Tosh Sultana okay who's do you know about her no she's like Australian um has dreadlocks and she's kind of like a one woman show so she'll like sit here like and she would have all this like equipment like she has like hits a button and like the beats play there's a name for that. Yes, it's like loops. Um, is she like? Is it kind of EDM where she can layer on and then like have another loop and then she like 
turns it into a foal. Yeah, and then her voice, just some, like, angel in the background, like, reggae surfer vibes. Okay. Yeah, I'll have to send you some a good one. Yeah. Yeah. And her name is Tosh Sultana? Yes. Okay, is she on Spotify? She is on Spotify. Okay. I went to her concert once, and she just, like, the fact that one person could produce, like, music like that is incredible to me. Mm-hmm. What about you? Music. Music. Oh, it varies. It depends on the mood and the ambiance and who I'm cooking for. Yes. Um, And also if it's a coming off of a big stressful day or if it's like, is the, is the cooking a main event? Um, I think I Hmm. love... I love some chill, you know, some some like Leon Bridges radio, that kind of vibe. It's a little, it's sweet or shaky graves. Yeah. Um, I like a little bit of that vibe. Um, if I'm wanting to feel festive, uh, maybe I'll put some like Frank Sinatra on and oh, yeah. really want to like play up if I'm doing anything that's like Italian inspired. <laughs> um, broccolini. Yeah, a little broccolini <laughs> action. I'm gonna have to bust out. I'm gonna need to go to the store after this to get some Parmesan. Um, um, I also, but then if I'm cooking Mexican food or something that has more of a Latin style, like I like to match the the music with the sort of genre of food. Yes. So definitely. just just to make it more I'm all about experiences of, you know, just like full with with auditory and in addition to hearing, you know, hearing the food cook, then the smells and maybe I'll freaking put a mariachi outfit on while I'm like <laughs> cook. I mean, I don't know, you never know. You never um, know. What has been one of the most difficult dishes that you have created or something that really stretched you feel your culinary ability oh man that's a good question so since like all menus so for each culinary experience right no menu is the same there is some favorite dishes that i'll make for people like over and over again because they just see it um on one of like my Instagrams or they're like, oh, like we, we would love that dish. So I'll do that. But in terms of a dish that has been super challenging in the past, um, oh man. So I could either say something that's like very hard to make, like, like a big fancy dish. Um, but on the simple side, I've had a time with poached eggs, like making sure they're the perfect um, shape and all of that. Mm. I don't make them a lot. And so that's something that Natalie taught me. And she was like, sweet pea, like there's no way you're going to have it down the first time. So like, here's like 500 eggs. And like each time you'll notice it gets a little like better. Um, So she said, no, it eventually got there. Hmm. Did you eat all 500 eggs? I did. I was like, <laughs> a lot of protein. Yes. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> jacked. <laughs> the next day you're like, I'm going to go for a yeah. long run and not stop. Yeah. Yes. I like ran all the way down to Miami, got some egg fruits. Got some egg fruits, juggling egg fruits back after eating 500 <laughs> yeah. eggs. It's a good day. Yeah, definitely a good day. Um, 
Ah, oh, man. For a dinner party, so I was asked to make a bacon-wrapped turkey. So, okay. Um, actually, it was a dinner party at Williams-Sonoma. So during college, I was like a culinary instructor doing cooking classes at Williams-Sonoma. And I was probably like 21 and was working in restaurants on the days that I wasn't there. And so I was trying to gain um, experience like behind the line and then also in front of people. Cause the in front of people aspect really meant a lot to me as well to make sure that I was able to take what I learned in the restaurants and be able to present it in front of people during the process. Mm. And so cooking while talking and like having that prep list so I knew at what time everything needed to be done. So this bacon wrapped turkey came along and it was my worst nightmare. <laughs> the turkey was like five million pounds. Um, and being wrapped in bacon, it was like a huge task for me. How did you have, how did you secure the bacon onto the structure of the turkey? So you know how bacon, like it's kind of, it's not sticky, but it's like it could stick to something. Like, yes. So it, it sticked to the turkey, it stuck to the turkey. Okay. And I was trying to thoroughly cook the bacon and the turkey. And so um, this was not a recipe that I picked. It was like a Williams-Sonoma recipe. And it turned out it was not the way I wanted it to look, like, presented-wise. Mm-hmm. Um, and thankfully, I fixed a few things, put it back in the oven. And it turned out, you know, I had my meat thermometer there. It was cooked. And the guests knew that it was, like, not fun for me back there but <laughs> they said that it was still fun like okay yeah how long did, were the guests there for like five hours in the course of this thing yeah well that was um i, I would have never demonstrated that turkey but I, it wasn't like i didn't have a choice like it was on yeah. the menu yeah uh yeah they were there for a while like became you're like tight. sobbing in the corner and there's <laughs> yeah. like smoke coming out of the oven and the bacon is yeah. like totally just going having yeah going rogue yeah and uh, oh my gosh and uh oysters they can dry out so quickly but like i've learned that you gotta keep your eye on them before mm-hmm. they do that and use rock salt to keep the the um temperature right in there yeah what does the rock salt do so it helps the oysters like maintain uh, heat and also it looks pretty on the it platter. It looks very pretty, yes. So it's like you, you go to the store, it's like a box, it's like $2 and you cover a whole like sheet pan and probably fit like a dozen oysters on there. And then um, you'll have some leftover and then you can have a nice little platter and have your roasted oysters on there, so. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Um, we just referenced it with with your 500 eggs and running down to Florida. Um, what are some of your favorite ways that you like to unwind or, um, yeah, tell me about your movement practices in your life. Yes, and like, so movement and you're also super into fitness and stuff too, right? Um, every morning I try to go run or ride my bike 
surf if there's waves. I'm an early riser, so. Which, how early are you in an early riser setting? So it depends if I set my alarm or not. Um, today I did not, and I woke up at like 6.45. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes like six, if it's like, if I had a million dinner parties in a row, if I don't set my alarm, I might not wake up till like eight. Yeah. Um, so going for a run, some good music. Which, when you're running, are you listening to Tosh Sultana, or are you listening... Who are you <laughs> listening to when you're running? <laughs> oh, Definitely some hip-hop. Oh, <laughs> yeah. snap! Wait, what kind of hip-hop? Oh, like, rap caviar on Spotify. Um, okay, girl. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. The beats. It's all about the beat. I don't really want to know what they're saying yeah. sometimes, mm-hmm. but that beat. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta get down with the bass line. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. So now I'll know if I see you running downtown, you're probably over there with like 50 Cent in the club. Oh, maybe yeah. a little Troy boy. <laughs> I don't know. Amigos. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, what's your favorite cocktail of choice? Ooh. Cocktail or wine? Your favorite alcohol? So tequila is my fave. I heard you talking about that earlier. Mm-hmm. Tequila soda with a lime's good. Okay. Just like that's my go-to. Love it. Um, old fashions are tasty. Mm. Okay. Yeah. A little wine, really red, white, rosé. Mm-hmm. It's all good. I do love white. Okay. Uh, yeah. What about you? Uh, I think that I've gone through a lot of phases. Uh, but my staples are an amazing gin and tonic oh yes like a proper tonic water a proper gin um i mean shout out to my buddy duco over on saba island it's one of the best dining experiences going onto this fairy tale island that is just a giant rock that's in the middle of the caribbean they, he was a part of this amazing resort called Queen's Garden. Okay. And uh, you come, you sit down at this beautiful, like, terrace-style seating, and he walks up to the table, doesn't say anything yet, and just looks at you <laughs> because he's waiting to hear what language you speak because there's people, it's a Dutch... Uh, Caribbean island and so you might be a Dane you might be speaking French to him you might be I mean just whatever walk of life so I think he spoke something like six languages Wow! so it was amazing to see him go to a table and start talking with one table in uh, Dutch and then go to another table and he's speaking French and then he comes over to us and he's speaking in English and then I mean just amazing and then Johan is the I I don't know if he still is the chef there um, if he is I miss your food um, and uh, but the community there <clears throat> I know that Duco when we first sat down I was with two friends doing a boat delivery he walks up to the table and he's like uh, I mean, my girlfriend's like, do you have a wine list? And he was like, do you like cocktails? And she was like, yeah. And he's like, gin and tonics for the table and walks off. And I was like, yes. And Laura sitting there being like, what? Like, I wanted the wine list. What's going on? And he brought over these custom 
ice cubes that he made himself that were infused based on our personalities. So he had this repertoire of, you know, lavender infused with cayenne and then a lemongrass mixed with ginger with a little hint of star anise. Like, just the craziest combinations paired with different kinds of gin. One of the most extensive gin collections um, maybe anywhere in the world. Definitely in the Caribbean. Um, So that forever to me i gin and tonics always have a special place in my heart um i also love um what are, what's like another good i love uh campari campari soda little splash of orange one of my charter guests that um hanako love you um she taught me like that was her favorite thing she had with most lunches was just like a little bit of Campari and soda, a little Ooh. spritz of some orange. Um, so yeah. I have really, I guess I imprint beverage experiences and food um, with memories. Um, and you and I had talked about that a little before we started recording of how I like to, I'm like a memory collector. <laughs> um, so I think that those are probably my main things. I like a very, very spicy tequila like give me a margarita that's made out of fresh citrus and like make it where i can barely tolerate sipping on it it's so spicy no way like that's probably like one of my all-time favorite things. all right i'm noted speaking of spicy um i have a story do we have time for yes well it's actually not just <laughs> that that log but it's just pretty um so spicy i love spicy foods too and in like dosages though like i wouldn't eat like a soup or something it's like all spicy yes yes um when i was in high school my stepdad's friend was growing these peppers the trinidad scorpion peppers (laughs) i remember um my stepdad like came home one day with like a bag of like a brown bag i'm like jc like what's in there it's like, what do you have in there? Like, you don't normally have a bag like that. And I opened it. And I'm like, oh, are these bell peppers? He's like, all right, I gotta sit you down for these. So, yeah, yeah, they were scary. What? How did it unfold? So he was like, my friend grows these, and he wanted you to have them so you could cook for them, cook, not for them, <laughs> cook with them. And so um, he's like, whatever you do, just don't take it to school. So in my head, it was like, take it to school. <laughs> <laughs> Bring them and pass them around. Boil yeah. them for the whole room. Yes. So I quickly became the pepper dealer. Oh. Yep, my high school. Okay. It was Come a one-day on. stint. Well, pepper. <laughs> All right. So I got caught in my tracks. Um <laughs> So my friends um, <laughs> ate them in the bathroom. His name ah. was Chan. And he was, like, so sick. And I'm like, please just, like, take a little bite. Like, don't yes. eat the whole thing. He's like, stop. Like, it's a pepper. Like, it's stupid. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah. So I felt that pepper, like, on my skin for, like, six months. Mm-hmm. Just, I believe that. Yeah. So. Yep. Got I... sent home and... <sighs> How was that? So is that the only time you ever got sent to the principal's office? Yes. 
Yes, and the nurse from that day, um, she's the bomb. She just messaged me on LinkedIn. She goes, pepper dealer, like, are you cooking with peppers? Oh, my <laughs> gosh, that echoed through your high school career. You were the pepper dealer. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. But what um, if you ever need any? Yeah, right? <laughs> I got I, I got a girl now. I know. <laughs> I know where to get the hookup. Oh, my gosh. Did you actually end up cooking with them? No, I think, like, my mom went and, like, threw them out. Because yeah. they weren't They're there. literally, like, toxic <laughs> at that point. Just yeah. Just the sheer... Yeah. Yeah. I, I made, um, you know, just your, your basic, the shrimp and cream cheese filled jalapeno where you wrap it in the bacon throw it on the grill your basic bitch poppers but we got these peppers um on saint thomas that i don't know where the fuck they got these peppers but like they were so spicy that just having them i had gloves but i think that one of the gloves had a rip after stuff you know de- we were de-seeding trying you know oh, we weren't like boiling no. them or doing anything but just like pulling the seeds out and yeah i my hand burned for maybe like five days after oh, uh are you serious? yeah just that i know exactly what you're talking about of the way that oil oh. just like it just felt like someone was just like stretching my yeah it's like <gasps> evil and then you like touch your face and it's on your oh, face yeah. <laughs> no. oh yeah it's uh pepper life one time I was cooking um, dinner for someone, and I didn't realize that the pepper, it was, like, very spicy. <laughs> so that was, like, that was a whole mess. Like, I went to, like, wash my face, and I was, like, um, yeah, all over. Just no. And it was, like, um, it was some local pepper, and they were, like, yeah, no, it's spicy. I'm, like, all right, cool. Like, but it's not, like, super spicy. <laughs> I feel like everyone after listening to this podcast is going to be like, what kind of pep Is she putting peppers in our meal? <laughs> yeah. pepper it can be like. pepper-free. It's, um, it's a customized pepper dosage. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Amazing. Um, well, Lauren, this has been amazing. Thank you so much for taking the time mm-hmm. to share stories, share a little glimpse of who you are. Um, it has been so cool to see the waves that you're – creating here in our culinary scene in Charleston and uh, I appreciate you being on the Ruby Shelby, Hour. thank you for having me. It's oh. been so fun. It's a sexy smile Looking forward to see you I hope I won't lose control Love you every night But checking the time Just us loving you